DeMar DeRozan still believes in Patrick Williams. We're going to talk about his recent comments around the young, talented forward. We're also going to talk about the most underpaid Chicago Bulls players heading into next season. We're going to get into all that, plus the mailbag, right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes. You guys can follow the channel right off the top at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. But let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, we got comments from DeMar DeRozan on Patrick Williams that I wanted to bring to the podcast. I feel like, you know, we asked we're in the dead part of the offseason, but I feel like these were pretty interesting comments and some that some fans need to hear. DeMar saying this. You can't just water it in one day and then expect it to grow. In regards to Patrick Williams, you have to keep putting sunshine on it, tending to it, caring about it. Other plants grow faster than others. You got to stick with it. That's all it is with him. Williams has so many traits, and it may take one at a time for it to come together, but when it comes together, I tell him all the time, he won't lose it. I hate comparing guys to other guys. I seldom do it, but he reminds me of Kawhi. I know that's been thrown out there, but his build, the way he moves, everything. Kawhi is one of the greatest players to play this game, and that's high praise right there. That's what I see Pat becoming. So, again, with the Kawhi Leonard comparisons, you guys know, if you've been watching the channel for a while, I'm not really on the Kawhi Leonard comparisons. Like I said, if I want to see Patrick Williams at this point become anybody, it's a it's the the, the prime version of Luau Dane. That's the 17-8 and eight player. If he can go higher than that, all, all you know, all praise be to, to to Pat if he's able to do it. But at the end of the day, like a lot of what Demar said there, I do agree with. Right now, I do think that you can only water something to use his analogy for so long before you got to realize, hey, maybe the soil is 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 not right to grow anything here, right? And the, by the soil, I mean this Chicago Bulls team and head coach Billy Donovan. But nonetheless, that, that's the story for another day. I do think Patrick Williams has all the potential in the world. But like I've always said since I've started the show potential is not always realized it doesn't always come to fruition but you know it, if if it is right and with Patrick Williams like I said I'm, I'm not on the, the the bandwagon of Pat being a bust like some people label him to do has he given what some people expect from number four overall picks no but if you look at the history of number four overall picks not a lot of number four overall picks turn into these huge superstar that people are trying to place because he was drafted number four overall it just it doesn't typically oh it doesn't always happen that way but I think that with the, the aggression that we need to see from Patrick Williams, with the raw talent level and the skill that we've seen from him, he has a little bit of everything. It's up to him to put it together, and that's the part that I do agree with when it comes to DeMar DeRozan's quote is that it takes time to put it all together. I always use the, the what Greg Popovich has said about Kawhi Leonard, not to compare the players, but to compare the technique in building a player, is that he just talked about how Year after year, he just added something, a different responsibility to Kawhi Leonard's game to where eventually he was so well-rounded that it just paid off for them in, in, a, in a big way. And that's something that we haven't really seen Patrick Williams get the opportunity to do here in the Chicago Bulls team because of how, yes, how we went out and we made win-now moves, how he's playing with superstars, how Billy Donovan really relies on those stars uh, very heavily and doesn't really, you know, hasn't really given development reps, hasn't, hasn't really used Patrick Williams in some of the best uh, situations for him and doesn't really call a lot of plays for Patrick Williams. Those are things that we need to see happen so Pat can build off of a lot of the natural instinct and skill that he has, but it also comes down to his aggression level. He can create more chances for himself just by being more aggressive and more consistent in that aggression levels. Patrick Williams, you know, it's going to be, it's always going to be a polarizing topic for Bulls fans. 
the 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 the, the, the any time Patrick Williams names come comes up, and you have some Bulls fans that oh well he 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 doesn't need to play at all. It's it's, it's all stupid, and so. When it comes down to it, it's it's just this. Yes, Patrick Williams is leaving a lot of his potential on the on the table, right? That is what it is. Whether it's because of him, because of the coaching staff not using him correctly, whatever the reasons you want to throw out of it, uh, throw it out is. But at some point, like if in, until the coaching staff, until the the front office puts a priority on building those skills for Patrick Williams. It's it's we're gonna keep having this conversation. We're gonna keep going in circles around what can Pat be him, Dalen Terry, all these raw players that they continue to draft that really haven't been given the best opportunity. So you know, yes, we hired a head of player development. I've I've keep saying that you know for anyone that's expecting it to be an instantaneous thing, no, it's gonna take a while, right? It's gonna, I've said this. It's gonna take a year to year and a half, maybe even two years before we really start seeing the benefits of having a head of player development that's really there to focus on building these players' games. And, you know, hopefully that hopefully he's Peter Patton is working hand-in-hand hand with the coaching staff to say, hey, this is what I want Pat to work on. If you guys are able to give him a little bit of this during the game in these type of scenarios, we're going to get better out of him. And I think that's what it really boils down to is you have to have your mind on development. But, I, I you know, I, I've said it, and many other creators and people have said it as well, I don't think AK and Eversley are in a place where they want to see some somebody that they draft, and much less any young talent on this team, go and flourish flourish elsewhere. And that's why we saw the new renewed focus on development with higher development coach. That's why I think, you know, we're going to continue to see them draft these young, raw players, not just because and somebody, you know, I saw a comment yesterday, somebody saying, well, AK tries to be the smartest person in the room, which I disagree with. I think that AK, at the position that he drafts, he tries to go the highest upside. And, yeah, you can go need at certain spots when you draft. But like I've always said, for a team that need, and it absolutely has a big need, you don't always want to rely on a rookie to, to do that if you feel you can go out and get it in free agency. And you want to use your draft when you don't have a true superstar on this team to go after that high upside. I don't really think it's trying to be the smartest person in the room. I think it's just trying to maximize where you draft. You have a lot of draft picks that, that have – over the last handful of years, have gone out to the other teams. So you want to use the picks that you keep to try to to try to draft the player you think has the highest upside. They just haven't always supported that the best with having the, a focus on player development. That's my thought process. I think that was a solid quote from Demar Derozan. Let's go ahead and get into the next topic though, and that is underpaid bulls this season. Now this was an article that was over on Pippin Ain't Easy, and I wanted to bring it over here. So they listed three Chicago Bulls players that are underpaid heading into this season. First one up was Andre Drummond, and we all know Andre Drummond is not getting paid very much of anything. He's not being played consistently in the way that a lot of fans would like to see Andre Drummond played as well. And I do think that, yeah, Andre Drummond is completely underpaid. Like, I don't see where some people try to say, oh, Andre Drummond can start right now. I think he makes too many mental mistakes. I think he, you know, gets in foul trouble too much to really be relied on as a starter. But Andre Drummond should absolutely be playing more minutes and the value that we are getting that we can get out of Drummond. This is a guy that shows you if you get him 16 to 18 minutes per game, he can get you a double-double coming off the bench. There's not a lot of players in the NBA that, that you can say that about. There's just not a lot of players in the NBA that do that consistently. And so Andre Drummond with the defense and playing in transition, especially if you have him playing with a point guard that's good at facilitating, what you can get out of Andre Drummond, the sky's the limit really for. And he can be one of the best, if not the best, backup bigs in the NBA, but we have to utilize him more correctly. 
The next one up on this list was Alex Caruso. Now, I know this is going to send some Bulls fans in a tailspin, but I do think that when you look at the value of Alex Caruso's con- with well, the number of Alex Caruso's contract, a little over $9 million a year, right? That And for, yes, a player that is limited offensively, but brings the defense that he brings, and the Bulls have been a much better team, even a better offensive team, when Alex Caruso is out there because of his ability to move without the ball, how it helps create opportunities for other players to score because he creates space because he moves without the ball. And then when you look at players like Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, Austin Reeves, Dante DiVincenzo, Dennis Schroeder, right? These are players that will listen in this article that are all getting paid significantly more money than, than um, Alex Caruso, whereas their impact isn't nearly as high as Alex Caruso. And you have, yeah, some casual basketball fans like QLM Gaming who only focus on offense, right? And they look at that and they say, well, that means that that's where the value is. The value is how you can overall help your team win basketball games. And Alex Caruso is a player that 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 affects winning in a positive way, even when he's shooting bad. Now, of course, we need him and want him to shoot a little bit better, right? A lot of bit better. If Alex Caruso can become a consistent threat at the hitting the wide open threes, right? I'm not even talking about taking people off the dribble or anything like that. Just hit the wide open threes at a better rate. It really does change even more. But Alex Caruso is definitely an underrated player as well. And then next up on this list, which he was actually middle, Alex Caruso was listed as the number one overpaid bull. But uh, they also had DeMar DeRozan. You look at his $28 million per year, and the fact is, is that he's getting paid a fraction of what Jalen Brown just got in uh, his extension. And you really have to look at it. Does DeMar DeRozan impact winning at least as much, or is it? Is it? does he impact winning less than half as much as Jalen Brown, right? When you look at the size of the contracts that players are signing now, um, it really does paint that kind of that picture. I think, you know, DeMar, calling DeMar overpaid, I mean, underpaid, is going to make some Bulls fans, you know, cringe a little bit. And I, I kind of think that a little bit as well. I think when you look at it, we overpaid for DeMar. Like, there was nobody offering DeMar the money that he got from the Chicago Bulls when he was in, when he was in the open market. But the impact that he's made for this Bulls team, right, it's been huge, and I do think per that impact, if we're taking all the free agency and everything out of the equation and just looking at the impact that he has for this Bulls team, while, yes, being a very limited defensive player, I think that there's a, a, a conversation to be made there. But let me know what you guys think. Do you guys agree? Are Alex Caruso, Andre Drummond, and DeMar DeRozan, per the value they bring to the team, the most underpaid Chicago Bulls players currently on the roster? Let me know your thoughts on that down below. But it's Sunday, so you know what that means. It's mailbag day. We got three voicemails for today. This first one, this one's up from Casual Kelder. True, I've been very critical of this entire plan they have. To me, it's like this: in 2008, um, the economy went bad, and I lost a job. Okay, lost it, gone, laid off. So what happened was I got a new job, but it was a temporary job. I knew the job. I was going to be competitive for two years, but it was temporary. So what do you do when you're in a temporary job? You go look for upgrades for the next big job. You don't double down on the temporary competitive job. The Bulls are kind of like that. They had a bad team. They did everything. They switched their whole roster up, and they're competitive. But it's temporary. Um, Damar and Bucci are going to keep you competitive, but that's it. And they're they're old, and it's not going to get any better. So at some point, you know, you're going to have those guys are going to be old and lose all their value, okay? And then you also maxed out Zach Levine, who had two knee surgeries and who's almost coming up on 30, which, you know, we don't talk about. But um, so there's your core, who has a ceiling of probably 48, if everything goes perfect, 50 wins, and that's as good as it's going to get. So my thought is, 
like, why are we investing all this time and resources into a temporary job to be competitive when, like in 2008, what I did was I quit that temporary job and I got a full-time job and I'm still in it today and making it twice a month. Um, the Bulls probably need to take a step back. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, Bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code BULLCENTRAL but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. They need to um, get their young guys opportunities to see what they have, I think. Um, being competitive, I mean, I'm a Bulls fan since the 80s. Um, you know, I've seen championships both NBA and college for my teams. And um, this is not it. This is like just a temporary fix to be competitive with. But the problem is there's no hope to get better with this core. That's why I don't like it because the top three limits you to a 50-win ceiling. And it's the ceiling is getting lower every year because they're getting older. So it's not like I'm just criticizing, just criticizing. I have reading. What do you think about that, though? Is this worth doing or should they, you know, take a step back? Because I think they're going to have to eventually anyway. Uh, interested to hear what you think. All right, so let me let me tell you something that's wrong with your analogy. Everything in the NBA is temporary. Everything. Unless you have a a generational talent, everything you build is temporary. Everything you build is trying to get to that next level, trying to step, putting the right building blocks together. And so, yeah, the Bulls built this core. And this core is temporary in the sense that Vooch, DeMar are older players, right? Yes. But I think that people forget when they say things like this that, the, the goal behind this was you build a team, you bring in these veterans, and then hopefully you're going to have players that are ready to step in that, that it allows Patrick Williams more time to grow without you needing to absolutely rely on him to all of a sudden become the scorer. It allows Kobe to grow without all of a sudden needing you to be like, no, we need you to score 16 points per game. And, 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 and it, it, that core of Dalen Terry as well, it brings you that part of it. So when you, when you say this, everything until you get to a championship level, is technically temporary in all of sports, right? Because you're steady trying to get to that championship level. Now, we can have a conversation that with things and the steps and the lack of moves from AK haven't really exceeded that ceiling, but let's also remember that this Chicago Bulls team, when they had an actual point guard, when they had Pat Bev, when they had Lonzo Ball, had a 61 win percent. Now, again, that's not still, and I even said that that Lonzo Ball team, when we were rocking and rolling, winning nine games in a row, I said it. Hey, listen, this is about to come crashing down very fast, very hard, and the Bulls aren't as good as what some people are thinking because we've been number one team in the East for for a month or so. But I think overall, when you, you you're trying when you're building a roster, everything is temporary until you get that perfect mix that's going to lead you to a title. Guess what? The Miami Heat they didn't think that they had a championship uh, uh, team that could, that can get to there. They didn't win it, right? The Dallas Mavericks, the year that they won the title, people didn't think that that team was going to win a title. Nobody really thought that that team was going to win a title, right? It's how the pieces come together, but you also the front office and AK and Eversley, they have to be willing and ready to adjust. And they have not shown a propensity to be that thus far. Now, as far as your, your thoughts on Zach Levine, I think something that we don't also talk about when you talk about his two knee surgeries, 
which the second one was a minor knee surgery, which, again, is that we don't talk about the fact that Zach Levine has had one of the best recoveries from an ACL injury in NBA history. He's a better athlete since it. He's been a better scorer since it. He's developed and routed out his game since that. Yes, he still has very big flaws in this game. That's not to say that Zach Levine at all is a perfect player, but let's not overlook the fact either that Zach Levine has had one of the best recoveries from an ACL injury that we've seen as far as the athleticism side. But, hey, solid uh, voicemail from Kelder there. Let's go ahead and get to the next one. This one's from 8 Lives. What's going on? Hey, this is uh, 8 Lives, man. I'm just calling in, uh, being in um, statement. I'm a fan of the community, most definitely. Um, I just feel like anybody with any basketball sense can kind of see that um, AK has built this roster. Uh, hopefully that we're going to basically win a lot of games built off defense, and I can kind of see that he's building the team, um, kind of opening the door for somebody to come in and make a name through any injury. Like, just for instance, like Zach with the market injury. I believe the guy like Orlando Bishop is here making a name for himself through an injury. If uh, Patrick, you know, Williams or somebody like that or, uh, get injured, you know, you got your uh, Tory Craig and all that. So I think all his moves can work out. Uh, I, don't, I don't really know who's going to start where, but at the end of the day, the team is good. We got a nice lot of little uh, uh, big men like the Julian Phillips, the Justin Lewis, some young guys that can come in that's not skinny and frail. And, you know, even though Justin Lewis got injured, you know, he looked like a dog. And he looked like he's going to do it. And um, I like the other guy, Sonata, I can't think of his name, but he kind of looked like, uh, remind me of uh, Zach Randolph. If he got somebody to, you know, work with him, like Drummond, uh, he looked like kind of Zach Randolph-ish. Um, so I kind of like the roster that um, AK built. If we lose, we just going to be losing just, you know, probably the coaching or something like that. But we got a nice shot. If we just probably going to be winning off more defense than anything and hitting open shots. So I just wanted to say I'm a fan of continuity and tearing this team down would have been ridiculous. Go Bulls. The pieces that AK has brought in. Here's the thing. I hear what you're saying, and, and I love what you're saying there, uh, Eight Lives. First of all, leave that woman alone. But uh, with, with all that other stuff said is that it simply just gets put to this. You can bring in all the talented pieces that you that you want, and you can say, hey, well, if somebody gets an injury, this steps up, this steps up. The fact of the matter that why so many Bulls fans are so gloomy on this team, whether you agree or disagree, is the fact that the players that are supposed to be the future of this team, Patrick Williams, Kobe White, Dalen Terry, Io DeSumo, Julian Phillips, and if you want to throw in Adama Sinago, which Adama Sinago and Zach Randolph? Bro, what? Huh? First of all, Adam, if Adama Sinago moved half as well as what, as what, as what Zach uh, Zebo uh, moved, man, listen, that, we'd be a completely different area, but nonetheless, um... Uh, we, the players that are supposed to be the future of this team aren't a lot bit them. Great pickup as well. Young player could absolutely be part of the future of the Bulls team for a long time. But we have a lot of unknowns of players that are supposed to be the, the ones to carry the torch next. And so that's why, in like the voicemail before you from Kelder, right? That's why you hear those type of things and those type of mindsets because right now, like, look, look at any one season, they know that Ben Matherin is a huge part of their future. Anthony uh, 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 Edwards. That he is the future of that of that Minnesota Timberwolves team for as long as they can hold on to him, right? Tyrese Herliburton, him and 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 Ben Mathen, future of that Pacers team. Uh, uh, De'Aaron Fox, the future of that of that Sacramento Kings team. Man, he's the present too now. A lot of those players are the present and the future, but their future outlooks looks so much better, and that's why you see their fan base is a little bit calmer than the Bulls. Yeah, they eventually need to get to that next level, but one of the biggest reasons for doubt around this Bulls team is just the fact that. The players that are supposed to be our future are still huge question marks. 
not minor, not like question marks on, hey, if they can just fix this one aspect of the game, they're at that star level. No, we still have huge question marks at the players that are supposed to be the future of this team. Now, as far as this season, I like what we're bringing this season. I like how we, the veterans we went out to get, I love all of that. But until that future becomes a little bit more clear for this team, you're always going to get the doubt amount amongst the Bulls fan base. Let's get into the last voicemail for today. This one's from Big O. Oh, no, hey, man, it's Big O, man. Hey, great response to my last two videos. And you ain't lying, man. I do need to leave one alone, man. I've been through some things, man. But I ain't going to turn this into a therapy session because it's easy for me to take it that way, man. <laughs> but uh, I love your topic today, man. You talk about, you know, what it is, a.k.a. Mark Eversley. It's not a good front office. And I'm going to tell you this, as a guy that I that want to see young talent, as a guy that wants the Bulls to find the next superstar so they can run the next decade of the NBA, or they can be at least in the conversation of one of the best teams in the NBA in the next decade, because we just found uh, A, B, and C, you know what I mean, to, to run the league and be one of the best players. If that's the case, then I don't want AK rebooting my team. And the fact he got a job, he said it. It'll be very dark, gloomy days for the boys going forward if they're not as good as we, you know, hope that they are, you know. Um, but I will say this. If you're not a good, because there's levels to everything, you know, there's levels to being a gym and, you know, ahead of basketball operations as well. If you're not good at finding young talent and developing good talent, developing of the talent, then you damn sure better be good at persuading the already developed talent, the already uh, made stars. You better be damn well persuading them to come to your thing. Because you, you don't have to be good at both. But you got to be good at one of them. You know what I mean? Certain teams operate. We look at the Lakers. I mean, they, they granted, they have made some good draft picks. But if you're getting a top five, top seven pick, you damn well better be picking somebody that's going to be a star player. But, you know, but a, a, a handful of these teams, they just got the, the right locations and the right GMs that know how to persuade guys to come play for them. Or they got somebody on their team already that's going to help uh, persuade guys to come play with them. So if they, it's just about AK to recognize what they're good at. And AK got to figure that out. Now, he drafted Yoki. I don't know if a GM is going to strike gold twice in his lifetime. I don't know. Maybe you can refresh my memory. That's my question to you because I have to do some research on it. How that be a GM to strike, strike gold twice and find a superstar talent? He felt, yo, I don't know if he's going to be able to do that again with the Bulls because he's done it once already in his lifetime. But, you know, that's kind of like my take on that. I hope the latter, I hope they, they start hitting on these picks and I hope these guys start developing. Man, can the front office start hitting on picks? I mean, listen development right that's why you've seen a renewed focus of development from this team in the moves and bringing in you know the head of player development that they need to now as far as gms that have hit on to right you only typically you don't need to hit on a, a, a mvp candidate to be a solid team you just need to make smart draft picks but just in the recent history larry riley with stephen clay danny angel jalen brown and jason tatum right those are those are gms that hit on on multiple star players in their in their regime and AK doesn't you don't have to find the next Jokic right that'd be great if you can but hell go out and get us like can we get the next Luau Dang can we get the next Kurt Heinrich right we don't haven't even gotten that so far in the draft yet we have players that could be that but we need to see it actually come and so yeah they they brought in players with very high ceilings but 
unfortunately, those floors, even though those floors are a little bit higher than most, right, as far as you can see, Patrick Williams at the bare minimum is going to be a 3 and D player in this league for 10 to 12 years. It's just going to be that. But in, in, you, until you hit on a little bit higher than that, you're always going to get doubt from the fan base, which is kind of what I was just getting into. But very great points, big O, that you made on all of that. We just got to see, can AK start hitting? And will the draft picks that he already took, will it start? Hey, after We got one more draft pick heading out to the San Antonio Spurs. After that, we own all our own first-round picks. It's time. Got to start hitting on them. But that's my time for today, guys. Make sure you guys are following the channel at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for our mailbag episodes, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I like to end every episode on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.